0: This is the Shape America podcast hosted by Colin Brooks
1: and Matt Pomeroy, making 50 million strong by 2029.
0: Welcome to the Shape America podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Sandino. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Shape America podcast, What's in Your Action Pack, where we will be talking to Ben Landers. He is an elementary physical education teacher coming at us from South Carolina, and you'll be acquiring a host of knowledge from him very shortly here. Again, We want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen in and instill growth in your practice through professional development that is delivered right to your ears wherever you are. We always enjoy hearing your thoughts, so if you want to ask us any questions or give us any feedback, please, please, please feel free to email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org or even tweet me at smsandino. S A N D I N O. Help us keep the conversation going on social media and on whatever platform you listen in on with comments, likes, and shares. Before we start the show, we wanted to inform you on some great happenings with Shape America in March, where there will be five days of learning, over 300 sessions, and 5,000 health and physical educators to network, collaborate, and brainstorm with. Yep, you guessed it, we're talking about the one and only Shape America National Convention and Expo. This year, it will be held in no other but Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, March 20th through the 24th. Registration is now open. Shape America is lining up some phenomenal speakers to re-energize and help you think innovatively about how you will engage students in your health and PE programs. To kickstart the convention, Stephen Ritz, a renowned educator, will keynote Wednesday's General Session, the top 10 finalists for the $1 million Global Teacher Prize, improved his school's daily attendance record from 40% to a whopping 93% and inspires his audience to take their ideas and move toward action. Thursday, Olympic gold medalist Benita Fitzgerald Mosley will kick off the day keynoting the General Session. The chief executive officer of Laura's Sport for Good Foundation USA will share ways we can all use sports to improve health and education. This all sounds so very exciting. So with that being said, don't miss out on winning a free night in Nashville. Enter your name in the drawing before February 22nd and make sure you take advantage of those early bird rates. The deadline for the early bird is coming up on February 7th. Be sure and visit the convention website to look out for that final program schedule. Bookmark convention.shapeamerica.org and register today. Now, without further ado, let the show begin. Welcome to the Shape America podcast, What's in Your Action Pack Edition I'm your host, Stephanie Sandino. If you're just tuning in with us, this is our new series that we are launching with special guest speakers from around the nation. And really, the idea of the action pack came around back in the summertime when I was getting mentally ready to go back to school. My mind created the vision of a backpack, and inside that backpack, I have different tools that I bring to school. These tools, both concrete and abstract, make up stuff that helped me grow as an educator as a person, as well as help my students grow as they chase down their red rubber ball. So tonight, I'm so excited to be sharing the evening with an awesome fellow educator who's based in South Carolina, and I've had the pleasure in meeting through a presentation during the SB Chat Phys Ed Summit a couple years ago now, Ben Landers. So without further ado, Ben, um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be awesome
1: what's up stephanie uh that is so funny mission that because that was my very first ever online presentation so i'm glad that we got to connect on that one um my name is ben and uh really happy to be here thank you guys for having me on the podcast and for all the work that you guys do for our profession um really appreciate it i am 32 years old and i'm in my 11th year teaching Uh, married to a beautiful wife we got a three-year-old girl and a little baby boy on the way um And I have been teaching 11 years at the same school. Um, Our setting is 4K through fifth grade, and we have about 600 kids that I see for uh, most of the whole school, I see for once a week for 50 minutes each. There's a few exceptions, um, but pretty much everybody gets once a week for 50 minutes. So, my kind of overall philosophy is um that it's more of an exploratory program i try to um, expose them to as much content as possible and try to teach them some valuable life skills and sportsmanship and cooperation and all the things that i think will play a, a big role in helping them get prepared for the real world and be able to be successful in life um, i've got a master's and national awards in phys ed and uh, in 2014 started a little blog to try to share ideas and try to help fellow phys ed teachers and just honestly be a part of the awesome uh, community that I, I discovered online. Um, and over the last few years, just been trying to grow that and try to make a, a better resource website for PE teachers and um, share ideas and just be a part of the quality phys ed movement. So, that's a little bit about me. I'm really grateful for my job. I love what I do. Um really really uh, grateful to be on the podcast and uh, just be able to connect with other passionate PE teachers. So thank you guys for having me.
0: The pleasure is all ours, Ben. Um, we love your work and what you stand for in the phys ed community, exposing students to um, different content just speaks alongside your, your, uh, I guess, um, passion for physical literacy and it's it's so amazing that you are guiding your students through their own journey as they develop and begin to figure out what form of movement or movements they love. Um, You mentioned your blog that you started in 2014. People may or may not know you as the PE Specialist which is the title of your website. Um, So if you haven't already visited Ben's site thepespecialist.com. We highly encourage checking it out because the amount of resources you have on there is incredible. And one of my all-time favorite resources uh, you have are the videos you put out. Everything from the activities, the how-to tech, the classroom management, and the planning tools. It's, it's, It's really amazing what you have there. And it's been really fun to follow you as you've developed really a library of resources for PE teachers around the world. Um, So now that we know a little bit about Ben, let's talk about your school year thus far. I know we're in December already, so we've already uh, kicked off the school year and are well into the second half of the year after winter break. Um, But what are your goal or goals that you've mapped out for this school year, Ben?
1: So thanks for the plug of the website, Stephanie. I'm really glad it's been helpful for you. Um, I love getting that good feedback from teachers. Uh, and I really hope it's helpful for a lot of folks. So yeah, if you haven't checked it out, um, check it out and let me know what you think. Uh, so my goals for this year, um, one of my big goals is to get a striking with implements unit in this year because I didn't have time to do that last year. Uh, one of my biggest struggles as a teacher is probably just trying to fit everything in. Um, so as I plan out my year, Usually I find that I don't have enough time to get in all the grade level outcomes that I would like to. Um, so usually I try to do a two- year rotation where every two years, students are getting one of the fringe subjects that is not as central, um, that they might not have an opportunity to play every day, but is important, and I do want to expose them to it. So like for an example, every single day at recess um, kids have opportunity to play four square or soccer or basketball because on our playground we have soccer goals and basketball goals and four square courts and i put frisbees in their recess bags um, and so th- those are things i want to hit every year um, so usually i'm doing it either three or four week unit on that which since i see them once a week that means three or four lessons um And then I try to every two years hit the things that maybe not every kid um, will have a chance to play every day, but I think they're important and there is access to those things. Like in our neighborhood, we have a YMCA that has tennis courts. So I want to get my kids some paddle training and try to do striking with implements. Um, So we'll try to do like tennis this year and then maybe the next uh, two year rotation, we'll do some baseball or softball type games and activities Uh, So that's one thing I'm going to do is strike with implements. We're going to work on some paddle skills this year. Uh, So I've been focused on planning that. Uh, Another big thing I've been doing is trying to figure out uh, the best way to use all the new climbing equipment we got. So for the last like five years, I've been submitting to my PTO uh, a submission to buy some climbing equipment like a cargo net, monkey bars, um, traverse rock wall. And this last year, they actually used um, a bunch of money from a fundraiser that we did to purchase all that for me. And so now I have all this awesome new climbing gear. also got some rings, like uh, gymnastics rings that I'm hanging for my basketball goals. Um, and so I'm just trying to figure out the best way to to incorporate that so all the kids get to try it out and to use it. And I've been playing with the idea of doing like an American Ninja Warrior type theme with that. Um, so I've been planning, researching, thinking about that, brainstorming some ideas and then also, just the biggest struggle is finding what else I'm going to cut to be able to make room for that, um, because like I said, that there's only you know so much time when you see your kids once a week. So that's some of my goals this year. I want to make sure I get that striking with implements, and I want to get a solid um, unit down where we're focused on using all that climbing equipment. So yeah, that's a couple of things. Um, also, got a baby coming in like three weeks, so that might throw a little bit of my focus. Uh, off of those things for a couple months, but I think I'll be able to. I think I'll be able to pull them out. So yeah, that's a couple goals for this year.
0: First, I don't think I've mentioned this, but congratulations on the baby Ben. Wishing you guys and nothing but the best. It's so awesome. And secondly, yes, let's talk about time. Time can definitely be an issue, especially when factoring in how many times you see your students. Sometimes weather, especially out here in California. And even those unexpected moments that kind of sneak up on us, such as pep rallies, events, and, you know, so on and so forth, the list can go on and on, right? So in turn, we we find ourselves kind of picking and choosing those important standards or outcomes from our state or our national ones that we think our students would benefit the most in relation to the community and the area in which we teach in. So your view on the skills you teach is great because it seems relevant, relevant to your students out at recess and relevant to your students when they go out into the community, which is really where your striking with implements unit comes in. So that's so important because then it becomes real and it helps students find their why I mean, I can't wait to see all of the neat ideas you'll have with the climbing wall and the American Ninja Warrior theme. Your students are going to be literally over the moon about it. So I'm I'm really excited to hear more about that in the future. And you're absolutely right. When we add something new or start um, something new, we almost always have to put something else in the back burner. Just the other day, actually, um, while listening in on Sarah and Naomi's phys ed friends, Google Hangout, Glenn Young from Canada asked Sarah the following question. And I'm going to I'm going to read this because I didn't want to mess it up or anything. What will you start, stop, continue and change? And I think that's that's a perfect question um, for someone starting something new or wanting to add something because it really makes them reflect on. Um, what's going to happen when they add it and what are they going to kind of leave behind a little bit for a while. So, which leads us into our next question. What is something new you have already started for the school year or will start when we get back to school?
1: Yes, uh, totally. It's hard to, to find stuff to cut out. Um, just thinking, I was thinking about that when you were talking about it. And when you said that one thing that I would like to change or do differently is fitness testing. Um, I've blogged about that a little bit in the past, but it's just hard because it is required by the state. And uh, I know that in the secondary, when they get to secondary, they're going to have that, uh, you know, pacer, push pushups, and I want them to be familiar with it. And then also um, getting everybody in the district on board with doing the same thing. All the elementary teachers is kind of tough, um, and we want to be cohesive. So we want to all be doing it uh, the same way. So if kids move uh, in the middle of the year between schools and the district, um, it's not a huge shock and everybody's um, kind of doing things in a very similar way. Um, so that's something I have thought about. Uh, I haven't, haven't made a huge switch yet, um, but I would love the idea of like replacing my fitness testing with an, a more like American Ninja Warrior style assessment where kids are tested on other things like how quickly can you climb the rock wall or like what difficulty can you do on the rock wall or how high can you go up on the rope. Um, and the issue comes with, you know, that stuff isn't, there's no healthy fitness zone. Um, there's no research data driven standards for those things. So that's kind of where, uh, it gets a little bit, um, uh, not sure if that would be the best thing, but I know the kids would have more fun, which is kind of what I'm usually focused on and what they would take out of it, I think would be better than what we're doing currently. Anyways, there's just some thoughts I had, um, listening to you that last question. So what's some new things I'm trying, um, I kind of already talked about, uh, brainstorm the American Ninja Warrior unit. Um, honestly, every every day is a little bit of an experiment for me. I'm always trying to tweak and change things and uh, try games with new rules and just changing little things and things that I've been doing for a long time can sometimes have a huge impact on the outcome of the game and what the kids take away. Um, sometimes I will you know, use the same games that I've done before that I know work really well and just change the skill so maybe we have a game that we've done in a soccer unit that works really well and then I can change the skill that we're using um, but use the same game and play it in like a striking with implements unit or a throwing unit Um, so that's something I have been doing a little bit this year is trying to take some of those really really awesome activities that I know work well and trying with different skills. So another reason that works well is not only because you're, you know, knocking it out of the park with an awesome activity that you know works well, but also you're saving time because your kids already know the procedures and the rules for the game. Uh, And so, you know, like we mentioned before, I only see my kids once a week. So if I can save, you know, five or ten minutes explaining games uh, to kids, then that's a big win for me. So I've been uh, experimenting with that a little bit. Uh, I don't want to do it too much because I don't want it to get not or boring, but it has been um, pretty great. And, I'm, uh, you know, playing a game using a different skill and just making a few tweaks to, to do it differently uh, is an easy way that you can engage your kids and use some of those same activities um, over again, especially at the elementary level where they're only going to play that game one time per year. So then maybe you play it once in the fall and then you're doing a different skill in the spring and you play the same game, but you're uh, practicing a different skill with it. Um One thing I'm thinking about doing is uh, starting a podcast, so I might be hitting you up to get some tips, Um, but uh, I did a little YouTube series called Phys Ed Q&A, and um, basically all all I did was just answer questions that people are emailing into me, so I'm already answering them anyway, Um, and I put them up on YouTube. So I think I'm going to use that same kind of format and just start answering questions via a podcast. Um, I just want to kind of try it out, see how it goes see if I can manage the workflow. Um, so that's one thing that I'm thinking about doing with the blog and the website. And uh, I've also been researching a little bit. This isn't something that's gonna happen this year, but I've seen a few folks posted on Twitter about a skateboarding unit. And uh, skateboarding is one of my long time passions. I love uh, riding skateboards and longboarding around. And so I would love to try to write a grant and be able to um, do like a skateboarding unit, maybe even using those uh, paddles where you have like a it's similar to paddle boarding, but it's a ground paddle. So it has a little rubber end. Um, I think my kids would be really into that. And um, that would be something I would have to write a grant for to get all the equipment. But I've seen a few folks post on Twitter about their, their phys ed skateboarding units and i have been pretty jealous. Um, so I might try to do that in the next couple of years, something I've been exploring a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a few things that I have planned that are kind of new and that I'm thinking about brainstorming and exploring this year.
0: Your idea of fitness testing being cohesive across the district is, is a good one, as I've actually run into the situation where students arrived at our school in a state of shock when they learn about some of the exercises they'll be required to do in the spring. And, and it's to many causes, whether it's because they came from a performing arts school and had elective phys ed or whatever the the case might be. So, however, the way in which you present fitness testing is limitless. You can definitely help your students become strong while still addressing the fitness test exercises with an American Ninja Warrior lesson or lessons. It's that, kind of whole idea of camouflaging fitness, right? So it would definitely be something to experiment with and see what type of results you yield. I'd be really interested to see how you come up with that. And maybe you can even, you know, interweave it into your curriculum and um, see how the students do with all of those um, exercises that promote upper body fitness and core core strengthening, um, muscular endurance, muscular strength. And, I mean, you can hit all of those with that unit and um, see how it affects their scores. So that'd be kind of cool. And you also you also mentioned games that are versatile. I, too, love those games because, A, you're switching it up with a different skill, and, B, it is it is a time, a time saver, as you mentioned, which we all know is important out in phys ed. And, C, it, it is a way for students to see the transfer of skill from – activity to activity. They uh, find similarity in some skills or even game-like situations, such as transitioning from offense to defense and vice versa. So it's a teachable moment for that light bulb to being, as you transition to a different unit and continue to highlight physical literacy. And Ben, I'm gonna speak for the three of us here. We will be more than willing to help you get started with your podcast. Your content's going to be absolutely solid, and we would love to uh, help you out in any way we can. Now, with all of these ideas and life events you have zipping through your brain the skateboarding unit, podcasts, the striking with implements, and American Ninja Warrior unit, and a new baby on the way, how do you obtain self care?
1: Um, hey, thanks, Stephanie. Uh, I could probably nerd out on the topic of self care for a long time. It's something I'm really interested in. And uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books, uh, like self-help style books, because it's just really interesting to me. Um, I think the better that we can figure out how to keep our brains, bodies and hearts in good condition, the, the more um, impact we can have in the world. And so um, that's one of the reasons that I find those really interesting. and I'm motivated to dig into that topic Um one of my favorite podcasts is the tim Ferriss podcast so one way that i think one of the best ways to obtain self-care is to learn more about it and one of the best ways to do that is just reading books and following people that are um, specialists in that area and tim on his podcast will interview uh, some of the top performing people in the world and in just a ton of different subjects and professions and just ask them what are the things they do and what are the habits that they do? And you can learn a lot from just hearing the things that most people do to live, uh, balanced lives and to be successful. Uh, so that's one thing that I do is I try to be learning about that kind of thing, uh, constantly and trying to help myself become a better version of myself and make myself better. Um, I think that the whole self care thing probably starts with a little bit of self-awareness. I think we have to, know the kind of person that you are you know we have some people that are extroverts and some that are introverts and if you're an introvert then the same activity that really feeds an extrovert is going to totally deplete you and um, everybody has different levels of burnout and different passions and things like that so i think that's where it starts and then once you get to know yourself and you figure out uh, what you believe and the kind of person that you are and what feeds you and what depletes you, then you can start to set boundaries in your life and create habits. Um, You know, if you're an introvert, maybe you want to set boundaries around how many nights a week you hang out with other people. (laughs) Or if you're an extrovert, maybe you have boundaries where you know that if you are at your house by yourself too much, you start to get depressed and you need to be hanging out with people. And so you put on your schedule, you know, grab coffee with a friend like three or four nights a week or something like that. Um, as phys teachers, I also think that we should know better than anybody that uh, the big three sleep diet and exercise is a good place to start for self-care. Uh, for me personally, I know if I don't get my workout in at least every other day, uh, my mental state starts to get pretty cloudy and my emotional uh, state kind of goes down. I'm a pretty positive person, but if I don't run for a whole week, then I start to get a little bit negative and, and I can't think as straight and I'm just not feeling this on top of my game. Um, that's the same thing for sleep and diet. You know, if I don't get good sleep for like two or three nights in a row, then I can, I can tell the difference in my life and if I'm not eating healthy. So anytime I'm feeling like, uh, I'm a little off track, I go back to those three and I say, Hey, am I getting good sleep? Am I getting my exercise in and am I, uh, eating healthy? Um, you know, other than that, I'm a really big fan of just routines and habits. I think we're a product of our habits and our routines Uh, That kind of goes back to the boundaries thing a little bit. Um, But I feel like most people probably have, you know, four or five things that if they did those things every day, there would be keystone habits for them that would really just make a huge difference in their life. Sleep, diet, and exercise are probably three of those really important habits. Um, But we could, you know, go and and find some other ones. Like maybe you want to try out meditation and see if that helps you. And there's a lot of different uh, philosophies and things you can do, and again, it just comes out in the self awareness. And I think knowing yourself and figuring out what makes you tick and uh, what helps you um, write the best story that you can with your life. Um, I, uh, for my website, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time—probably about 15 hours a week—on working on the website. And so, for me, the way that me and my wife have structured our week, um, it works best for me to batch that time. So. On Mondays and Wednesdays, my boundaries are I I go straight from school to the public library and I work on the website until it closes. And that gives me a big chunk of time to be able to do that. And I don't get to see my kid on that day. Um, So it is a little bit of a sacrifice. But the payoff is the next day I get to come home and we get to go to the park and play. You know, Uh, instead of me having these thoughts in my brain and and they're kind of eating into every hour of every day, I just know that I have these blocks of time set out where in that block of time, I'm going to be focused on one thing, and that's the website. And then another block of time, I'm going to be focused on my health. And another block of time, I'm going to be focused on my family. Um, And so I think creating uh, a weekly schedule and and having different areas of focus for different times is helpful for me, knowing what I'm going to do each week, Um, having an ideal week mapped out, uh, and just creating those boundaries for yourself can be really helpful. Uh, If you haven't read the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud, that's a good one. To, um, to kind of get into that topic on. Um, I think uh, also some other good books that I would recommend people get into for, like, productivity and just being able to focus and things like that are Essentialism by Greg McCown and The One Thing by Gary Keller, uh, which is... About the whole concept of um, being able, to, the whole concept of multitasking being a little bit of a myth, and and basically when you look at the science, like we can't really multitask very well, and so we're much more productive when we just focus on one thing. Yeah. And so, I think a lot of people would find they can get a lot more done if they would just scratch the to-do list of like the 20 things that had been sitting on their desk, which. I'm preaching to myself here too, because this happens to me. My desk is just full of like 30 post-it notes right now. Um, But if I would just take one of those post-it notes, stick it on my computer and then declare to myself that that day, that's the only thing I'm going to focus on. Well, when you finish that thing, then you can pick the next most important thing. So just about priorities um, being realistic about what you can finish. And uh, yeah, another cool tool that uh, I use sometimes is a website called FutureMe.org, And this is a way that you can kind of pay it forward to yourself and um, write yourself an email in the future. So, especially for school teachers, uh, I think this is helpful. Like when you teach a unit that you're not going to be teaching the next year as well, write yourself an email and send it to yourself in the future, like three weeks before you're going to be teaching that unit. Uh, I just got an email from myself about, from last year, this is why I'm thinking about this, um, about the jump rope unit that I'm about to teach. And it was just like, Hey, remember future Ben <laughs> that this didn't go so well and this was really good, but you need to switch up these few things. So that's a cool tool that you can do to kind of care for yourself in the future. Um, and it's just kind of a, a cool feeling to get an email from yourself, um, from a year ago. So I would check those things out. Uh, there's just a few tips and a few things that I do that I've found helpful. Um, and, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, turn it out on, on self-help, hit me up on the, on the website. I would love to uh, give you more recommendations or, or uh, chat about it on Twitter or whatever.
0: Uh, Tim Ferriss is a great listen. It's something that should be um, in your podcast list, or you should definitely subscribe and tune in once in a while. So I love what you're saying about self-care being related to self-awareness because it's so true. I think a quote that would fit in nicely, if I remember correctly, or you know what, I think I'm just going to read it. It's a Tim Ferriss quote, actually. is It's uh, the question you should be asking isn't what do I want or what are my goals, but what would excite me, especially in this case. We're all different beings and we all need different things. So, for example, I know that I love to switch up my workouts. I'm a fan of cardio, but need to work on my strength as well as my rowing technique. So I stumbled across Orange Theory, and it was a stellar fit. So your routines and habits should most definitely fit your style so you can keep them up in the long term as opposed to just doing it for a few months and then falling off. So on top of all of this, you're not only mentioning the physical side of self-care, but you're adding in the mental and social side as well. And it's it's always about, at least for me, in my opinion, it's about living that wholesome, balanced life to obtain your best self. But, of course, to find that optimum balance or get as close to it as possible, it takes some getting to know oneself. So this might entail some time, but I think, you know, after all, well, it's well worth it once you've found your flow. And, Ben, I see a self-care Q&A in the foreseeable future if you haven't done one already A super important topic, really, for everyone. So I'd be I'd be all about that Q and A, possibly a podcast. I don't know. Hint hint. Um, You know, I came across the word batching a few days ago in a webinar with um, Alan Brower, which is uh, he's one of the co-founders of the Best Self Journal. Uh, So it's interesting that you bring it up. It's um, the Best Self Journal. If you haven't heard of it, for anyone listening, it's it's a 13-week journal that helps you with your productivity and your success. And I first heard about it with Jorge Rodriguez and it's it's really cool. And the webinar was was great and a lot of times we get consumed with projects and we go project crazy with our time, but forget about the balance or maybe that's just me talking about my own self. <laughs> But um, allowing those blocked times definitely help us focus and set those boundaries so that we do have that time for ourselves and our families. So it's something that I never thought about before, but it's truly a simple idea. And Ben, speaking of lists, in one of the EdTalk workshops, I had the opportunity to attend. A presenter was showing us how she laid out her Google Keep. And um, to prioritize her to-do list, she used the uh, what's called the Eisenhower Matrix, which had the has a couple of subheadings. So the first subheading being "Do first, which is let's say, I mean you can color these however you want to color, but let's say it's your green column where you have your first focus on important tasks um, that need to be done that same day. Um, your schedule is the second column. Let's say blue column, and that's where important stuff lay, but not so urgent. So in other words, it's all the things that need to be scheduled. The third column, the delegate, the delegate column, which is let's say I don't know your yellow column. So it's urgent but less important. It can be you know delegated to others. And then that fourth column, she mentioned the don't do column, which can be color coded as yellow. Let's say. And it's it's neither urgent nor important. And the last one really is just the column where you can find out what you shouldn't be spending a lot of time on or your time on. Um, You can kind of figure out what you can eliminate, if that makes sense. So it's just something that popped into my head as you referred to your 20 post-its on your desk because I can completely relate to that, except it's on my computer on my Google Keep. So definitely. And a lot of what you're saying and what you're talking about is kind of reminding me about... Alan Brower's list. Um, of It was 10 things to become more productive. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if it was worded that way, but something of the sort. So number one on Alan's list is reflection, which brings us to our last and final question. How do you reflect and do you use any type of reflection tool?
1: Hey, That's some good stuff. I was taking notes on uh, all of your your topics and your points on that last question. So I'm going to have to go look some of that stuff up. Um I, I really like the question, what would excite me. Um I think one question or two questions I ask myself a lot is uh, and I got this from Tim is what would this look like if it were simple? And also what would this look like if it were fun? Which is kind of the same as what would excite me. Um and I think sometimes those two simple questions can really help you just flip Uh, things that you're doing and make them more motivating and more exciting. Like you're talking about the orange theory for the workouts um, that might make uh, working out a lot more fun for you. So then it allows you to do it a lot more and you can apply that to teaching too. Um, A lot of times when I'm teaching activities and maybe the kids aren't loving it as much as I thought they would, I just ask myself, what would this look like if it was fun And, and what are the components of this? That are not really resonating with kids, and then sometimes I can tweak it a little bit and make it a lot more engaging for students. Um, yeah, batching is batching is huge. Uh, that is probably one of the most important things that I do uh, in order to get stuff done. Just being able to focus on one thing at a time. Um, it's cool that you mentioned Google Keep. I just started using that. I watched a video uh, on from Kevin Tiller, and I don't use it for anything other than just uh, organizing social media posts Um, and so uh, he's got a video on his YouTube channel where it kind of goes over how he does that but basically you can just tag different uh, subjects when you see something on social media instead of just doing a like or a favorite and then forgetting about it and never being able to find it. So I'll have to delve into the the many uses of Google Keep uh, at some point but uh, I really do like it. Uh, So how do I reflect? Uh, I don't know that I have a specific reflection tool other than I do journal. Um, I try to journal like every day, but honestly, I probably do it like twice a week. And um, that's just more for me to kind of get my thoughts on paper and and be my own psychiatrist a little bit. Um, But I think maybe the blog would be my reflection tool uh, because I am constantly watching myself uh, on video and like cutting video for my YouTube channel. So I watch myself teach a lot and from doing that over and over I start to see themes and things that I want to improve and um, so that's one big way that I reflect Uh, and then obviously when I'm writing blogs I'm writing about uh, my thoughts and philosophies and things on uh, teaching and phys ed what I think is best uh, for our profession Um, and then every day at school when I'm teaching I'm honestly constantly in reflection mode and I'm always asking myself the question, how can I make this better? Like my, even this is my 11th year teaching and some of the activities, you know, I might've done the same or similar activity for like six years and I'll tweak things along the way, but you would think that after six years you would have it nailed down. Um, But even those activities that I've been using for a long time, Uh, After the first day, my lesson plan will be covered in red ink because I'm like, oh, no, I need to change this next time. Or I want to try it with this piece of equipment or I want to have four teams instead of two teams. And I want to try it from this boundary line. Um, So I'm always my mind is always racing, trying to think of all the possibilities. Um, Usually uh, I end up with uh, too many ideas and too little time. But I think every day we should be asking ourselves, uh, how can we make this better? And just enjoying the, the creativity that we have as teachers to be able to design uh, experiences for kids is something that I really I really enjoy doing that. And I think if people are in reflection mode, they'll get more um, out of their teaching experience because especially if you're creative like me, uh, teaching the same thing over and over can get really monotonous. And so trying to create new ways and improve things is a way for me to stay motivated and um, I a lot of those notes and things, uh, like I mentioned last time, I will end up putting into like I'll I'll edit my lesson plan and my Google Doc or whatever and then I'll send myself an email with futureme.org for like the next time that I do that unit or that activity. Um like we mentioned in the last question. So that's one thing I do. Um I'm being considered a future Ben uh next year when I do that. Um and so that's also reflective and then that reflection ends up coming back around to you the next year. Uh, and then I think anytime I'm listening to like the Tim Ferriss podcast or any other podcast or even at professional development or anything like that, I'm always thinking, uh, how can I apply this to my teaching practice in my life? And, um, so that's one way that I bring in reflection too. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I necessarily have a specific reflection tool other than the blog, but I do live a very reflective life and I think reflection is extremely important. And, um, a big part of self-awareness and improving and becoming a better version of yourself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Everyone has a different form of reflecting. It's, it's like you mentioned before, you have to get to know yourself first, see what works out for you and, and just go with it. Whether that looks like a journal, a blog, a podcast, videoing um, letters to yourself and as you teach, et cetera, et cetera. So having a lot of ideas is great. And somewhere, I can't think of where now, see this is why I need to start building up my social media posts on my Google Keep then. Um, It may have been posted by Artie Kamiya, actually. I've read a person say that they wanted to teach 35 years, 35 different times, rather than 35 years of one time. So as, as you reflect, you gain, you change, you take away, you bring back again, you strengthen and improve ideas. And it's it's okay because all of your classes are different. In fact, every year is different. I'd have to say it definitely helps stoke that fire that sometimes may weaken with certain circumstances, but can glow oh so bright when we work on our practice and surround ourselves with like-minded individuals. So Ben, it, it's been a terrific talk with you and we so greatly appreciate all of your time with us here. We want to tell you, keep up the stellar work that you're doing with your students. They sure are very lucky to be learning from such an awesome human like yourself. And we can't wait for your future endeavors and what 2018 has in store for you, your family, and of course, the new bundle of joy on the way. So now, if um, any of our viewers wanted to get in contact with you, where would they be able to find you, Ben?
1: Hey, it's funny that you say that because I remember that same post and like, yeah, I can't remember uh, who said it, but I definitely it definitely resonated with me too. Um, teaching 35 different years as opposed to teaching the same thing over again, 35 times. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great thought to end on. Um, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate all the work that you all do for phys ed and uh, connecting teachers and um, just putting people out there for others to listen. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, might be hitting you up with some podcasts and questions uh, this year at some point, probably after the baby gets here, but I really appreciate you guys having me. And if anybody wants to uh, get in touch, they can always just head over to my website, thepespecialist.com and um, all the links for any social media of your choice that you would like to contact me on. will be up there and I'm pretty much um, at the PE specialist on every social media platform, YouTube, Twitter, facebook and instagram uh so yeah hit me up and uh, i'd love to connect with some of you guys and I hope some of what we said was helpful um if it wasn't i still had a good time talking to you guys for thanks for having me and um, have fun and teach on later
0: a final thank you to ben landers i'm sure the conversation could have gone on and on we so greatly appreciate you being on the shape america podcast Another huge thank you to all of our listeners that are tuning in and learning right beside us today. Don't forget, if you have any questions or feedback for us, you can always email us at podcast at shapeamerica.org. If you feel like you have a great action pack out there and some good thoughts for your school year, we would love to hear about them and maybe feature you on the show. So send us an email. You never know. Thank you, everyone. I'm Stephanie Sandino, co-host of the Shape America podcast, and I'm signing off. Until next time, happy trails, everyone.